1917, the Bombers get the season opening win off the Mark Leggio game-winning field goal. I can't tell you how good it was to call the Mark Leggio game-winning field goal. No conversation about kickers. It was fantastic to not have any con- kicker conversation in the post-game show, Coach. Thank you for that. No, thank him for that. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy for him. He's, uh, he's, he's put a lot of work in for a lot of years, so it's, it's nice to see him get this opportunity and, and, and do well with it. We have questions all over the place about uh, Zach Caleros, about the game itself, about uh, Greg Ellingson. What a performance in his first game as a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. We've got your calls, 204-780-6868. That's also the text line. And let's go to the calls right now. Steve, you're with us on the Bomber Coaches Show. Welcome. Hi, I'll be quick. Derek, first to you. I'm much too old to blow sunshine. You are good. You're really good. I love listening to you. Thank you. Coach O'Shea. Coach O'Shea, to a macro and a micro, and I'll hang up. I know there's a lot of callers. The macro question is, the pressure on you, you're wanting to three-peat. I mean, you're back-to-back champions. You're under the microscope. I hope you know that. Every little move you guys make is, 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 is you know, the, the, we're all paying attention because you're trying to three-peat. So is that pressure do you enjoy that, or do you just feed off it? That's the macro question. The micro question is to next week, and because it's back-to-back Ottawa, and they're going to have film on you, you have film on them, all right? What do you think about the back-to-back? And I'm going to hang up, and thanks. All right, let's give Steve a second to hang up. Uh, the pressure, Coach. Yeah, no different than any other year. Uh, it really isn't. There's no pressure to three-peat because we don't think of it that way. Um, you know, it's, it's a new team, a new season. Um and and you know we don't. That's that long term goal. You know, at the end of the season, needs to be taken care of on a daily basis. So um, we don't look that far ahead ever. Uh, so it really doesn't. The, the the pressure is about you know winning this week really, and 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 really it's about playing to your to your ability, playing to your standards. That's the kind of pressure that the players put on themselves. Um, back to back is, I think it's always good. Uh, it gives the players maybe an extra day, uh, to get some, some different type of work in and to rest a little more. And it gives the coaches an opportunity to prepare, um, a little differently also because they, they have a lot of the work, a lot of the busy work is already done. Yeah. Normally you would have practiced on the field today, but didn't do that. Correct. Generally speaking, with back-to-backs, we um, have an extra day without practice. You okay, know, yeah, the, that w- the, the guys were in work, and they all there was a mandatory lift, and um, I mean, they were all doing something. Yeah, yeah, okay, and and that's just because same opponent yeah, as this one. Yeah, different work in this right? case. They, they're they're all working, but we just you do it a little differently and allow them to catch up on something that that sort of um, that they need to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Let's go to line two. We've got Gail. Gail, welcome to the Bomber Coaches Show. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, just one comment about you, Derek. Great job. Thank okay. you. Uh, next question is to O'Shea. Um, I was uh, watching the game very carefully on Friday, <laughs> which probably everybody else was as well. Um I noticed the defense was a little bit on the sloppy side. Did you feel that was it just first season, first game nerves of the season, or because there was a few different players in there, 
different from last year? Yeah, Gail, I don't think it's nerves. I think we we didn't play our best. Um, you know, that's it happens. You don't want it to happen. Uh, you know, the ever whether first game of year or not, you never want it to happen. But the fact of the matter is, it does. You, we we just didn't play our our best game, and um, you know, to get a win out of that performance is is a positive. That's for sure. But there's lots to lots to correct, and certainly um, I'm sure the guys will that, come out and play better next game. Do you think that Mazzoli um, wanted to prove a point because now he's with the Red Blacks and he just wanted to stick it to you guys? Uh, I would believe that every pro athlete in any sport goes out there and wants to do their best uh, on every given day, and I do believe this. If they... If they can get up more for one contest than another, then they're not doing their teammates uh, any favors. That's for sure. So um, it, it's it it is a difficult task, I think, for for an athlete to believe that every time he steps on the field to pitch the the ice, that this is the game. You know, they have to play their best. Uh, it's certainly difficult in a in a like let's say an NHL hockey season with 82 games or whatever it is that you know in baseball 162 games I'm sure there's some you know lulls in performance um, less so with football because you only get to play once a week but uh, you know the goal for these uh, one of the goals would be to play at such a consistently consistent consistently high level that you you don't notice any drop off or any massive gain in a in a particular contest from one day week to the next. Okay, good luck on the next game coach. Thank you. Thank you, Gail. Appreciate you giving us a call. Uh 204-780-6868 for a week 1 game. As you've now had a chance to look back at it, how was it for a week 1 game? Not very good. Okay. Yeah. Not very good. I don't think we uh, I don't think we played uh with the type of uh, physicality that we uh, are are capable of, and it starts there, really. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got to ask you this. How is Zach Kalaros? Uh, he's great. <laughs> uh, will he play on Friday? I'm, I'm assuming he will, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, he, I, was pro- he was probably ready to go back in in the game. He he looked. I mean, he looked like it. We yeah. thought after the third completion to Ellingson that he had his helmet on yep. and was good to go. Yep. C- can you describe? Because uh, we saw that do- what appeared to be the doctor talking to him and the guys around him. Can you describe what has to happen from he gets pulled out of the game to he's ready to go back in? Because that's not a that's not an easy process. Let's yeah. say. Yeah, the, the the training staff. So Al Couture would be, or the doctors would be. Um, I think buzzed by the command center or, you know, called from the command center or text, however they do it. I'm not sure exactly their procedure. Um, you know, for other players at other points in the game that, hey, can you check on this guy? Can you check on that guy? Once they're cleared by the doctor, once we check on them they're and they're cleared by our medical staff, then they're able to go back in. Now, they have to wait three plays if they're pulled. Right. But there's lots of times where they're not pulled, where they're still... There's still a message sent, hey, check on this guy or check on that guy, right? So um, do you and your coaches have any say as to whether a player can go back in or not? Or no, is it strictly the doctor? No, I would, no, we would never do that. Just making sure. Just, no. That's, I'm not sure everybody knows exactly what happens at, no, at that point. It's, uh, Al, and the, Al and his staff and the doctors are, you know, 
extremely professional. There's no, um, you know, there's no influencing a decision. It's player player safety, you know. So having said that, if a player gets cleared to go back in, I don't think anybody should question that. They're mm-hmm. cleared to go back in by a professional <laughs> who has the player's best interest at a, a front of mind. Yeah. <laughs> right? So uh, I always, when I watch other broadcasts and you, you know, it's, if they're cleared, they're cleared. You've seen it questioned before that they shouldn't be doing this at this moment. And they the person, people with that opinion have no understanding of what's going on out there. <laughs> I think for maybe a bunch of us, like I grew up in high school football, it was take a salt tablet and water was a reward and, and you know, play through pain. We've come a long way in football. And those of us who are in our forties kind of go, well, when I was a kid and then maybe forget yeah. how far football really has come. Yeah. Yeah. We, Alcatur is is unbelievable at his job, and part of that, or a big part of that, is having the trust uh, bestowed upon him from the players. Um, so we'll never break that. Trinity is uh, hit me up at DT on OB. She has uh, they have seats behind the Bombers bench. Uh, she they said uh, they thought they saw you send Kolaris back into the game, but he stayed on the sidelines. After the, this would have been after the Ellingson catch that got down to the twenty yard line. No, I would have never done that. Okay, because we're handing the ball off there and running the clock down to kick a game winning field goal, so there's no point. No point in putting it back never, in. Never. Yeah, that's that's what we assume from the booth. But just Trinity yeah. was saying it looked like you would send him back in, but did ask did Buck overrule him because the plan was to run the ball twice more? Not what no, happened. Not no. Not All right, even close to what happened. All right, it is seven fifteen. Your texts are pouring in. We'll take your calls as well. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. It's the Bomber Coaches Show with the head coach Mike O'Shea. Derek Taylor and the head coach Mike O'Shea with you. Your texts, your calls at 204-780-6868. Nicholas in Houston flew up to the game on Friday. Says coach during a field goal attempt. Why doesn't the snapper snap diagonally toward the center of a field for an easier kick? More straight on, I guess. Well, they did that more when the hashes were wider. You would be able to snap at a man or so over. Uh, when they're in very tight to the goal line for a very short field goal, they, they'll do that. And now with the hash marks moving uh, inside more, so nine yards apart instead of 17, um, there's less need for that now because you're almost on the post. So... It's um, it should make for better averages, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, we're gonna need a, we're gonna need a few hundred kicks to to yeah. truly know how it's going to go. But uh, for Mark Leggio, the field goal went accounted, so uh, one for one on that front. That's that's yep. all right by us. Yep. The show today brought to you by Proline Gold Fungicide, outstanding protection under high disease pressure. It's grow time. Drew Brown in the postgame show took absolutely no credit for having done anything special, but he comes cold off the bench. When Zach gets hurt, throws three completions on three attempts for 51 yards, drives the team into field goal range. What was your perception of Drew Brown's performance? Yeah, excellent. He he operated the offense, uh, managed the clock well, made good decisions, delivered the ball. I thought the receivers did a, a great job of um, helping him out too. I mean, Greg Ellingson's catch where he shielded – the defender quite nicely broke a tackle. Great ball security got us down in nice and tight for that field goal. Uh, 
try, but you know, I thought it was the way he operated in there was excellent. I'm, I'm I was very excited for him. Because I went back and just watched that three-play sequence. On the second one, he recognizes it's about to be six blitzers on five, and he throws a jump pass to Dembski across the middle. And I thought, that's a guy who is very confident in this moment and feels very good about what he's able to do on the field. Yeah, and and, and he is also correct when he, you know, in terms of the credit. I mean, you need – it's the responsibility of all 12 guys to be on the same page to make things like that work. So, um as you'll find, most most quarterbacks <laughs> that are worth anything pass the the credit <laughs> along to yeah. their O line, especially and, yeah, and you know guys making sure they're getting open in the right place at the right time, seeing the same pitchers. We were just very impressed with cold off the bench. Uh, Dakota had been handling quarterback sneaks and stuff, so Drew hadn't done anything within the game itself, and then all of a sudden comes in at the most critical time. I just thought that was a real testament to a to a player knowing what had to be done and what his job was on that day. And I, I we were just particularly impressed. Uh, at Winnipeg Gordo on Twitter says, have you sent in a clip to the league about the uh, hit to the head on Dalton Schoen on his fumble play? Uh, no, it's, it's not one of those plays that you can, I mean, the league will see it, right? They do a great job of reviewing every game, every play, and they, uh, we talk about all those things. So it's not one of those ones that you really need to send in. He was fumbling the ball before he got hit. If it was fumbled uh, because of the hit, I could have challenged that as a you are causing a fumble. Unnecessary roughness, yeah. Causing a fumble, yeah. So, um, Or causing a, a turnover, I guess, is really what it would be. But, uh, it, yeah, a lot of times what people... What you need to realize is that as two players are playing, they change the plane of their helmet or the plane of their body a lot. And at the very last second to ask a defender to change his plane he's on as a ball carrier maybe ducks his head or is being twisted around by somebody else, which is the case with Dalton's Mm -hmm. uh, contact, you're asking somebody to do something that they can't possibly do, right, to avoid that contact. So, I mean... I'm sure the legal look at it. It's not one of the ones I sent in. That was the question. Did I send it in? No. Yeah, it, it's it was shocking because his his helmet comes off and goes flipping down the field, and you start to wor- you start to wonder and worry about a guy in that circumstance. It it looked very bad. It looked on TV. It looked very bad. So I, I totally understand from uh, Winnipeg Gordo why the question. Uh, Dalton Schoen's performance. He has the fumble, but then again in the booth we were very impressed, and he had a catch on that on the Drew Brown drive at the at the very end. He bounced back from a fumble, which could. Could crush a guy, honestly. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, he's, you know, from from very early on in training camp, you understand how pro-ready he is. He is a pro, the way he practices, the way he learns, the way, the kind of shape he came in uh, to training camp. Um, very smart guy, very likable, um, business, matter of fact, business-like. Um, you know, it was first and 15 with, uh, you know, a minute 20-something left, and he catches that ball short of the first down and turns, goes north, splits two defenders and ends up getting 16 on that play, Mm -hmm. which is uh, just terrific, right? It takes a lot of pressure off right there, and it's, you know, I think it's Drew's first throw. So um, that helps too, and and I I love the idea that he he went straight north, you know, hunting for that first down, which is... uh, 
even if it was, you know, slightly short now, we can put in a, a bigger package and, and, and get it that way. But I thought that was excellent. But the, his whole game, uh, it's not, you know, it's for all these guys, it's, it's never without mistakes or without some minor corrections you could make, but he's, uh, he has been impressive so far for sure. Uh, I, I don't know a ton about evaluating receivers, but I love guys on, like you mentioned that play caught the ball. I'm up the field. I'm not, I'm just, he just turned and he was, he was up the field knowing that this is a critical situation and it was first and 15. So I, I love seeing that. I, I love it for Dalton who seems like a nice kid and calling 25 year olds kids, but here we are in this point, this point in my life. But uh, it was, it was an impressive performance uh, from him. Uh, Michael in San Antonio says, coach, congrats on the one and zero start uh, this year's rule changes from what you've seen in the preseason and especially week one, which of the rule changes are having the most significant impact so far? Yeah. I- you know, you're the Derek. You're the data guy. This is it's too early to tell, really, what what this these uh, rule changes how they'll impact the game. You know, in terms of scoring or offense or a defense for that matter. So uh, we always talk about the offense, but we'll see how they impact uh, the defense at the end of the year too, or partway through. I'm sure somebody will do a an analysis at the quarterway mark or something like that, and, and yeah. see. Um, but yeah, so Michael, I don't got an answer for you. It's just wait and see. Ottawa threw, I mean, J- J- Ackland was working on the boundary side. They threw there a bunch to Ackland at least. Is that a thing? Is that one game? When we Again, when we get a few thousand pass attempts, we'll know, hey, is it really any different to the short side or the wide side? But it's it's new. I uh, Yeah, I'm trying to think of, we had to wor- warn people about the 15-yard the line for the punt. And it was weird seeing teams take the ball at the 40, but... Yeah, taking ball to 40, that's one of the ones that might have the biggest impact is just the field position change. I know it seems like it's only five yards, but I'm sure the numbers would show that that five yards is going to make a difference. Please tell Coach O'Shea from the text line, we love him and the culture he has created, and we appreciate that he does the show too, exclamation point. I I love whoever that is too. What do you think of when when people say culture? Uh, Yeah. I think sometimes that word is overused. <laughs> you know, we got to, we got to, but you know, it's one of those things that you have to ask the players that because it's really, it's their team. Right. And their, um, how they want to run it, how they want to, um, how they see themselves being. It's more important from their eyes than it is from anybody else's eyes. That's for sure. He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Blue Bombers 1-0 after the opening win against Ottawa. Game 2 against Ottawa Friday night. We'll, of course, have that line for you on 680 CJOB. We continue with the coach on the other side. Your text, your calls, 204-780-6868. It's the Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. 204-780-6868 for your calls and texts. Uh, Kevin says, ask coach when he's going to sign a contract extension. We don't want to lose him. That makes me wish I, I had like the Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire offer of four years, $11.2 million, coach. Here you go. Well, that one would be easy to sign. <laughs> <laughs> Never has a pen moved faster uh, than that one. Uh, do, you, do you want to address that question in any particular fashion? No, we're, All right. we're focused on, on beating Ottawa this week. Uh, this from the text line, uh, DT, were you surprised the way the Red Blacks mismanaged the clock just before the halftime? I was stunned. Uh, I wonder what Coach O'Shea thought as well. 
well, we escaped the half is what I thought. I said, good for us, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, so I, I go through it, and just for folks who, who want to be reminded, uh, 28 seconds left, Ottawa sneaking the ball. The sneak takes 11 seconds. Clock stopped on 17 seconds. They burn off 11 more seconds, snap the ball with six on the clock. Uh, Malcolm Thompson rides Jalen Acklin's back until there are zeros on the clock. And then Winston Rose tells Jalen Acklin, hey, you guys ran out the clock. In for for your team in that situation, who's communicating to whom, and and who? It's I assume it's on everybody to know. Hey, we need to get a field goal attempt off. But how does that how does that happen? Where does the process start and, and end? Well, I mean the the players when they take the field, they have to know the situation, the game situation. That's for sure. But uh, you know, in the play calling, there will be a word we use. Um, letting the players know that we need to conserve clock. We, I mean, there's words for all sorts of different situations. And and Lapo has those words too, and he would have used them. It's just whether or not um, everybody, that you know, communication is interesting, right? It's not just about giving the message. It's about making sure the message is received too. So you can say a lot of things, and if the – if if it's not being heard, well, then communication hasn't been achieved. So I, I know abs- with absolute certainty that LAPO has um, that communication in place to let them know that they've got to conserve the clock. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work out for them at that point. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I know that he does because <laughs> we coached together for a number of years. So that's all part of the, the plan. He would have definitely been saying that into the headset. Well, um, and it just didn't didn't quite get done. I, I, you know, um, and once again, you know, good for us, right? It It worked out. Yeah, absolutely did. Uh, they can take all the time they want at the end of the half. Um, they, they put in and took out sneak personnel, uh, to the texture. I, I found that intriguing, but that's a lot of time to waste on two plays and not get three points in what was, uh, at one point, a two-point football game. Uh, in- interesting. Interesting. Uh, text here says, uh, glad for the two points. Was disappointed in the physicality of both the offense and defense. Thought Ottawa was more physical. How do you coach physical play in practice to carry over to the game, coach? You, uh, you can't. We just, um, it's it's pro sport. You're Even when we're in pads, we practice with a certain tempo that allows guys to play in the games where it matters most. I mean, you would be, I don't know that you'd be a coach long in any contact sport if you were losing players in practice all the time. Now it happens, you do lose players in practice, but that's a, makes you feel absolutely terrible. And you want to make sure your guys are ready to be physical in the game. And, and I would say this, I, you know, I'm not so sure that I had the practice week exactly right to allow them to be as physical as they uh, possibly could, right? You know, I think uh, I was pressing a little bit, trying to make sure we got a certain amount of plays in um, through training camp, you know, with a little bit of a stoppage in there and missing four days. I probably pressed a little hard thinking that it was, you know, that we needed to get this amount of work in, this many snaps in. And I probably lost sight of, of what I know to be important, which is making sure they're fresh enough to be physical in that in that first contest. So um, I will evaluate that again um, before next training camp. 
Well, I mean, you win back-to-back Grey Cups as an organization, but that by no means does that mean you're perfect, right? Oh, it's it's uh, it's a great. It's a perfect result. Learning, yeah, but, you better be learning every day. I yeah. mean, if you're not, then you might might as well not be in it. Andy is my favorite texter for today. He says, good evening, coach. I've got real good advice for you after scoring a touchdown. Go for the two-point convert. You only need to be 50% successful. This from Coach Andy, it says. All right. (laughs) (laughs) No? (laughs) I'm not going to bite on that one. I feel like that's a thing, and uh, I'll find out about that uh, at another time. Um, one of the questions will be, and we've seen it come through the text line, the the running back run game. It was 13 carries for 27 yards in this game. Uh, what's your perception of how that played out? Well, I mean, that's not good enough, and nobody nobody on the team thinks that's good enough. The offensive line doesn't think it's good enough. The running backs don't think it's good enough. So, um, But on any given play, it's it would be it's way too easy to say, well, this is why. Right. I mean, you have to really pour through the tape and, and there's there's a reason why you win and lose. There's a reason there's reasons why you win and lose. There's reasons why plays work and don't work. Every play is designed to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so you that's why you spend so much time going through the film after a game to look at um, every reason why a play worked or did not work the way you expected it to. So um Yep, the, the 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 run game wasn't uh, effective enough, um, but I am glad that we still tried to hand the ball off. I think it makes a difference, and I I know we will be uh, better as time goes on for sure. I was pouring through the the twenty twenty one, and this is more for you listening than than for coach. Uh, Thirteen carries for twenty seven yards from the running backs in this game. Week two of last season, fourteen carries for thirty five yards. Week three, seven running back carries for 28 yards. And week 15 against Montreal, there were 12 running back carries for 42 yards. So not perfect, perfect, but it wasn't always 100. It's not always 150 yards every week, right? No, those those games happen. And once again, it's they're, they are uh, fantastic tools to use to learn um, what we need to be doing differently or maybe we don't need to do anything differently, you know, based on the answers we get about why a play worked or didn't work. 204-780-6868. I'm just enjoying some of your, your texts. Uh, Coach, do you think Matt Dunnigan looks like Santa Claus on TSN? <laughs> no. No, I don't. <laughs> what about, like, uh, whatever the Santa Claus movie that featured Tim Allen? I've heard that one. Closer. Okay. There you go. Okay. That's a, that's a good one. Keep firing us your texts, uh, your questions. Uh, like this one, did you know Greg Ellingson would impact the, the team that quickly? Yes. He, how, this is, okay, follow up. How do, how do he and Zach seem to be exactly on the same page when it's been eight years since they played well, together? It's, yeah, I don't know what's about. Is that just two veterans? It's veterans. I mean, Greg Ellingson has, has, seen it all he's been in different systems but he's seen every defense he obviously has great vision for the game you know as he's moving he understands how the defense is moving and it's communication so i think those two guys can sit there and watch film and talk about what they like what they see what they don't see what they like what they don't like 
how a play is going to play out. They can sort of overlay a, a play call over top of a defense just sitting there talking and without having to draw it up or without having to actually do it to see it, you know, um, they can just speak that language um, and overlay a, a play call over top of a defense and and be on the same page. Um, but we have other guys like that too. It's, mm-hmm. It is neat to listen to them talk together, you know, talk as a group on how they um, see a play playing out against various defenses that'll, that, that, that the opposition will give us. Um, but yeah, I mean, Craig Ellingson has been a, a very high-end, top echelon receiver in our league for a number of years. So did I think he was going to impact our team that way? Absolutely. We knew it would. He's officially my favorite blue bomber because he made me look like a, an absolute genius. The last thing we talked about in the post game in the pregame show, excuse me, was I said to Doug Brown, watch because Greg Ellingson is going to draw a pass interference call because Greg Ellingson is super elite at drawing pass interference calls. And I said, Doug, when he does it, you, you acknowledge that I told you it was going to happen. He drew his 43rd pass interference or illegal contact call. Brian Burnham, and because I went to look, Brian Burnham, 32. No one else in the league more than 20 since 2016. I started tracking that one. Hmm. He is – help me out here. That should that should count toward the receiver's stats. Those 28 yards, those mean something. Well, I, I think he's <laughs> – he, he runs – he runs great routes and understands how a defender's moving and how to move a defender and put them in a bad spot. And when you put a defender in a bad spot, they might not have any other choice but to make contact with you when they shouldn't. So, um, yeah, I thought, you know, that was a good call, I, I believed. You know, I thought that if he wasn't contacted, he would have made that catch. I'm sure he would like the catch too. <laughs> yeah. Know? So um, I, I don't track all those stats about uh, drawing penalties, but you've put it into context for me, and that's uh, obviously he's doing things right. Yeah. He's beating guys. You don't draw those penalties unless you're beating people. So him and Brian Brian Burnham also, they, they win yeah. a lot. Part of it is a function that no one has more targets than Ellingson, but to be uh, by a factor of two over the third place guy, Ellingson just, he has something special. And uh, I was talking to Zach and he said, I'm the biggest Greg Ellingson fan in the world. And I said, Zach, you're going to have to fight me because I'm a pretty big Greg Ellingson fan. So very excited to see him wearing number two and going six catches for 74 yards plus 28 for pass interference. So 102 yards in his bomber debut. It is 745 more of your Texts and calls. It's the Bomber Coaches Show brought to you by Proline Gold Fungicide. Outstanding protection under high disease pressure. It's grow time. Coaches Show brought to you by new Proline Gold Fungicide. Outstanding protection under high disease pressure. It's grow time. 204-780-6868. Your texts, your calls. Uh, this one, the coach was in a verbal exchange with an Ottawa player and Bob Dice during pregame. Uh, Bob Dice being Ottawa's special teams coordinator. Uh, what was that about, the texter asks? Verbal exchange can mean many things. Yeah, they, I just had to ask them to stay on their own side. They crossed the 55 for warm-ups, you know, sort of thing. So just they need to stay on their side. We need to stay on our side. Okay. Big deal, little deal. No, not, no not, deal. A, not a deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but oh, here we go, uh, Bob on the uh, on the text line. What happened to the past coverage? For example, says number thirty. That's Winston Rose. Seemed to get burned again and again, and he's always been so solid. Thanks for your insights. It's just one of those games. I mean, he's been the one of the best in the league for a number of years. He's led the league in interceptions a, a few times. Um, you know, and he just had a, a, a tough outing, but. Knowing Winston, he'll persevere and and battle through it, and he'll be, I'm sure, he'll be way better, um, you know, for for his teammates this this game coming up. But you don't, uh, you 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 would never judge a guy of his a player of his talent level on a, on one game or or, or a couple plays, really, because yeah. he had other plays in the game that were good, really good plays, right? So yeah, yeah, I. Never played football. I'll always throw that clarification out. They go one guy to the to that side of the field, and you have to track a guy through, I don't know, twenty five yards wide of space, and then potentially fifty yards downfield. That that feels like that's one of the toughest jobs in football: man coverage, off press. You're on, you're on an island. You're on an island, and that's why it's such a great team sport because you need your pass rush to get home. You need guys, other guys, to do their jobs to. Um, to make it tough for the quarterback to to throw those footballs because you are on an island and <laughs> you need to be right. There's no guessing, and you need mm. to be athletic. And I mean, and you need to have a, a, a honestly, you need to have a short memory because there's it's pro football players across from you too, and they're gonna they're gonna win their share. And they're coming again, yeah. right? Like yeah. Jalen Acklin had that drop early on. They they just kept they'll run him deep again and again. So you got to try that again and again. Yeah, yeah. Short memory for sure. Um, I'm curious about Jeremiah Masoli. We watched him from the booth, and he put up 380 yards, uh, as fans heard and saw. Uh, is a guy who moves the ball out that quickly? Is that frustrating for? Guys like Willie, guys like Casey Sales, who are used to getting quarterback pressure, but in this case, perhaps don't have the time. Do they get frustrated in a situation like that? I think they know the the game going in. I, I think they're past the point. When you're that veteran, I think you're past the point of being frustrated. You just understand that that might be the type of game it is. And when your opportunity comes, i.e. when the quarterback hangs onto the ball, for a longer, you know, deep shot, you got to make good with that opportunity because they won't come around possibly. Um, you know, it, I think it would have been frustrating playing against a guy like Danny Mack who falls oh, out of his hands so quickly all the yeah. time. Yeah. So you just have to play it differently and understand that those those opportunities just won't come along as, as frequently in that type of game against that type of opponent. Um, and... Once again, make good on the on the on the ones that do. Most frustrating quarterback you played against? I like I said, I think these players are past that point of being frustrated. It's not it's not part of the deal. It just it's because the plan is is laid out. They they already know that going in, so I don't mm. think it's a matter of being frustrated. So. Um, one you most wanted to clobber, but you didn't really get the. He didn't give you the chance to clobber. I, I didn't him. touch a lot of quarterbacks <laughs> in my day. Unless it was late and it was a flag, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, we have a couple minutes left. Uh, Friday in Ottawa. What what happens between now and then? A couple days of practice. Uh, get on a flight. Have a meetings and a walkthrough in Ottawa. Get a great night's sleep. Um, show up and play. You get you get twelve padded practices during a season. That's correct. 
Yes, correct. Do you do you have a plan for how you will parse them out already, or will that be kind of week by week? No, I've already put them in the calendar. Uh, right now, we won't get to twelve, just the way the schedule falls. Um, and the number I have in there is a best case scenario, which changes based on the health of your of the guys. Yeah. Right. So um, it's it's great to plan it, but it's a long season, and and once again, making sure your guys are are ready to go looking at a, a much bigger picture is is probably more important than and I, I was an advocate for getting the pads back on mm-hmm. um, so we might have to use them differently right um, might be different people using them at different times do you do you have to and I, I set you up for this because I know the answer but do you have to re-skip re-script practices because of the availability of players or do they come off like you've like you I wrote it down. This is how it'll go this week. Yeah, it's always subject to change. I mean, our, our coaching staff, they put up with me a lot because everything's <laughs> subject to change and changes at the last second based on, you know, communication with Al and, and his and the training staff, based on communication with the players on how they're feeling. Um, all those things have to factor into it because you really, what you're trying to do is just put them in the best possible position to win a football game that week. So you have to be able to change and adapt and, and move on. I like it. I like it. And you have to be able to win, be 2-0, and so we can celebrate you once again because uh, that game was a ton of fun. I don't know if it was beautiful from your perspective, <laughs> but it was a ton of fun to be there in attendance. Yeah. So we, we very much appreciate that, the good and the bad, because it made, made it better for us as, as, as viewers and folks in attendance. It was bomber football is fun right now. Yeah, not so much where I was standing from, but it's good to get the two points. We're praying for rain out in Headingley. That is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Appreciate you being with us. Uh, Thank you so much for your texts and your calls. We're back here next Monday with uh, plenty more on the Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB.